Well, the Fed has met. They've lifted rates in the United States and reckon they can contain inflation by reducing growth without imp- impacting their employment forecast. We must all watch and learn. Uh, we'll look at what was said and the sharp reaction on the markets. Inflation is a growing concern in Canada, of course. The latest numbers not helping there. And the Bank of England, the net central bank, off the ranks. Meanwhile, could a peace deal over Ukraine be closer? Oil and wheat prices seem to suggest the answer is yes. I wonder if Mr. Putin knows that. All that this Thursday, the 17th of March, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So if you're looking for a reason to trade more today, particularly on Aussie shares, here's the reason, because today is the NAB Trade Flood Relief Trading Day to raise funds for those impacted by the Queensland and New South Wales floods. NAB Trade will be donating every cent of brokerage from trades made today to the Give It, G-I-V-I-T, Storm and Flooding Appeal. So we'd love it, all of us here, if you could trade today and help make a difference to individuals and communities devastated by the storm and floods. Meanwhile, in the markets, well, it's been volatile. The US dollar down 0.7% now, but it's been meandered quite a bit through the day. It's up 0.3% on the Japanese yen, 0.6% on the Swiss franc. The Aussie dollar is doing well on all of this. It's up over 1.4%. The pound up 0.8%, the euro up three quarters of 1%, and a good day for US equities as well. At close, the Nasdaq up 3.7%, the S&P 500 up 2.2%, the Dow up 1.6%, a real rebound since the Fed earlier on today. The Eurostox 50 is up over 4%, the Hang Seng, which had been having a bad day, uh, or bad week I should say, up until now, it was up 9% yesterday. The big moves have been in bond yields, US 10-year treasuries, well they were up 8 basis points, but the comeback from that now now, just two basis points, up six for German bond yields, uh, five for 10-year gilts. But it's the yield curve in the US that we will be having a, a strong look at uh, this morning. And oil coming down further today. WTI down below $95, 1.8% down right now. Brent is down 2.4%. And we've got wheat prices down over 7.3%, almost as though the war is over. Uh, the nickel market, it opened twice today and closed just as it hit its 5% limit. So volatility reigns supreme. It seems hardly surprising, given all of this uncertainty. But uh, let's have a look at the Fed. First of all, they have just met. Jerome Powell has given his press conference. NAB's David DeGaris has been watching from London. So, Dave, no surprise that the Fed has lifted interest rates, a quarter of percent as they try and get uh, inflation under control. 2.8% by the end of next year. That's that's the, 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 where they're expecting interest rates to be. I mean, is that, I mean, that is way higher than it reached in 2019, and they wound back on that pretty quickly. So are they, um, are they going full Volcker on this? I mean, could, could, we, could we see that, you know, this is going to lead to a recession uh, down the track? I mean, I, I get the impression they don't actually know. Well, if you just look at the forecasts as they're, you know, on their, uh, in their tables there, Phil, they're still forecasting the unemployment rate, um, you know, to be below 4% you know, even at the end of 2024. And yet, as you say, we're going to have progressively tighter monetary policy, not just from a higher Fed funds rate, but over time the inflation rate will come down according to these forecasts, so real rates will be going up even more. But it's a fair question you're asked, and I think that was the substance of one or two questions that he was getting well, through I mean, the technical they, they're, they're difficulties. Saying, yeah, because they're saying, well, our growth forecasts are going, well, we've lowered it from 4% to 2.8%, but our unemployment yes. projections won't change. How can that happen? And how can you reduce your output projections without in, reducing your employment projections? Were those, yeah. where, was the extra growth coming without people being employed? 
Yes, well, I guess there will be there will be some productivity. I mean, uh, investment mm. is rising in the US right now, Phil. But that's we're getting into fine points of, <laughs> of forecasting there, aren't we? But um, it, it, I think that what the market really uh, saw straight away when these forecasts were released, I mean, the 20, as you said, the twenty five is exactly as expected. Mm. We're also going to be uh, reducing the size of the balance sheet at a coming meeting, yeah. uh, one of the next two meetings, you, you would think. But what really caught the market's attention was uh, the fact that the median dot plot, Phil, has rates going up at every meeting. Or you could think uh, they might miss a meeting, but that would mean that uh, they would be increasing at 50 at one or more meetings. Um, so I think a lot of people were thinking, in fact, we were thinking, maybe uh, four to five meetings rather than the seven meetings this year. But that was quite aggressive, even though that the, the market had priced in something like a, a rise at every meeting. Yeah. Uh, we've, seen the sh- we've seen the short-end rates shoot yeah. higher on the back Much. of this straight away. Yeah, and actually, they're all a bit all over the place, aren't they? But as we're talking, I think uh, two years are up 11 basis points, nine Indeed. Years, up nine for five years, four for 10 years. So we've got a much flatter yes. curve, as you say. It's all, all happening at the front end. That 210 spread, not far off 20 basis points. It was 32 earlier in the day. It was 50 months ago. <laughs> I was just saying to, to Gavin earlier on today, oh, that, that 210 seems to have stabilised higher now. But, um, mm. you know, <laughs> five minutes is a long time in this market, isn't it? But and massive, just looking massive at, reaction. So they have surprised people, oh, haven't yes. they? And then the they seven, it, seven it, and tens, which were inverted, they, they, it, they'd gone a bit further as well. So yes. I mean, that, that presumably means there's an, an expectation there's going to be, you know, quite a slowdown down the track, doesn't it? Well, uh, even you look at the next two meetings and what's priced in there, Phil, there's 75 basis points of rises at the next two meetings. So it's like the market's pricing in probability that at one of those meetings, you're going to get 50 basis points and another one and a 25 at the other. Mm. So you've got, um, you know, more than one rise at every, more than 125 at each meeting this year now. As you said, the short-end short end rates jagged immediately higher and uh, stocks have been all over the place. Yeah. So does it give us confidence that they, they know what they're doing and they're on the right track? Or, I mean, I'm just wondering how useful well, all, all of those, given all the uncertainty that's around at the moment, how useful are they? I mean, the markets love it, obviously, but how useful are those forward projections? Because there's so many moving parts. Well, well, there are. And... and uh, if we lived in a world where it was a, it was sort of a, a closed world where mm. the outcomes for the US economy, including inflation, were all driven by Fed policy, then you would have a lot of confidence. But, <laughs> of course, you know, with all the supply bottlenecks and the like, even before uh, the Ukraine-Russian situation, if that comes right quickly, mm. then that increases the chance massively, doesn't it, of a soft landing. If that doesn't come right... Um, and if the economy stays hotter for longer and we get more wage pressure, if you get both of those eventualities, mm. then the Fed might find themselves doing more. I mean, at a couple of occasions during the press conference, he was saying wasn't it wasn't he that, uh, you know, if they needed to do more, they would do more. So he didn't dial back on the hawkishness that we, that we saw from the table that was released half an hour before the press conference at all. It was quite a determined... Um, stance that he was uh, was making pretty clear, even though he's saying it, it, it's going to be subject to how events unfold. So it's quite a lot at stake here right now. Yeah, and uh, draw down in the balance sheet, that wasn't talked about too much at the 
the press conference, was it, really? Except they, they no, had, but, but, he, but, he, but he did let sleep or did say that, you know, according to their calculations, that might be the equivalent of another rate rise this year. So there right. you go. So they're going to do a bit of it. Right. Well, we'll uh, watch with interest and see how all that develops. Of course, there are other central banks available as well. Uh, one of them is the Bank of England. We'll come to that in a second. Indeed. The other news, though, which is, I mean, we're seeing oil down again today. There is more hope that perhaps there will be a deal between uh, Ukraine and Russia. They've been talking. Russia has, has moved its position from wanting to retain sovereignty over Crimea, uh, no future NATO membership for Ukraine and independence for those parts of eastern Ukraine. They've moved that now to wanting to retain sovereignty over Crimea, no future NATO membership for Ukraine and independence for parts of Ukraine. Uh, oh, hang on. That's exactly the same. They haven't moved at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but the expectation is, even though that's the case, uh, yeah. I mean, we've got uh, Sergio Lavrov, Russia's foreign minister, saying, well, you know, we want them to be more like Austria and Sweden. Uh, which is interesting because <laughs> Sweden is uh, fighting to become a NATO member, I think, at the moment. They've just, indeed, they've just indeed. In- increased their uh, budget, their military budget, uh, by about a third, I think. So, and they are supplying arms to uh, to Ukraine right now. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't have thought Sweden isn't necessarily the model, but there's some talk. You know, I mean, forlorn was the I, word. I, I think that, I think that's it, Phil. I think that's exactly it, isn't it? There is some talk, and the mood music does seem to be. Uh, changing now, whether that's a reflection of the fact that we know that the war is not going well for the Russians still, even mm. though it's still going on, I think it's more likely. Um, it? Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe maybe uh, Putin is looking for an off ramp. Mm. Uh, you know, there's something that he can take back to the Russian people and say, "See what I've achieved," uh, rather than drive their economy into recession, which is what the sanctions and those those uh, those. Uh, policies are doing right now you would think yeah well yeah i mean that would be the nice out wouldn't it that if he uh, got back in his box and uh, we could start rebuilding and get back to life back to normal look uh talking about well, life, we, we don't we only have the fed to, to consider then yeah that's right we'll talk about phillips curves and stuff like that on this podcast uh we'd be we'd be much more comfortable wouldn't we <laughs> uh, look uh, moderate growth in retail sales in the united states in february um but only because the january number was actually revised up quite a bit yes uh, so we yes. have we had a 0.3% month-on-month growth in February. Uh, but, that, I mean, we're going to see slow growth, aren't we, presumably? I mean, with the Fed doing more and oil and cost of living, uh, presumably this, you know, this, is, this isn't this is going to be growing month-on-month to quite the same extent, particularly after that, you know, well, particularly if we look at that January number. Well, 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 well a couple of things. One is that the, the monthly numbers for the past four or five months have been incredibly Volatile. Mm. Second thing is we've had this massive revision, as you alluded to there, Phil, to January. So it makes you wonder about what is the real February figure? Is it going to be a lot <laughs> higher than what we've actually seen? Mm. In any case, the numbers are what they are. Um, and uh, it was enough for the uh, the Atlanta Fed to up their estimate of consumption for Q1 from 3.4 to 4.4. Now, that's in real terms. So that's after inflation and GDP from one half to one point two percent. So, you know, the numbers are what the numbers are. We do know the labour market is still strong at this stage in the US, very, very strong. So um that will be underwriting some growth in consumer spending, you would expect, even with high inflation. Yeah, well, high inflation and higher costs of fuel in particular, that presumably means there's less money to be spending on, you know, other cost of living stuff and uh, uh, of course. And, and discretionary spend. So that that is going to slow slow growth, irrespective of what the Fed does, doesn't it? So which gets back to what is the actually the objective of the, of the Fed? Is it to slow growth? And, you know, how much of that is going well, to happen without them doing anything? 
it's very hard, isn't it, that um, magically you get inflation down, uh, the unemployment rate stays at or below 4%, um, uh, and the economy is still growing strongly. That, you know, things don't always work out neatly according to that plan, do they? That you would have to expect that unless the supply chain bottlenecks really improve so much that Mm. they reverse, you know, like like what we saw with the auto prices in the last US CPI, uh, you're going to have to take more than the edge of uh, the US economy and get employment growth to slow measurably or unemployment to go up a bit. Yeah. um, from its current low levels, you know, to take the edge off wages growth. So it's going to be an interesting year, that's for sure. Yeah, and those supply chains aren't going to fix themselves, as we were talking about yesterday, with this big growth in the number of COVID cases in uh, in Hong Kong and China uh, because of, you know, the, the low levels of vaccinations they've got there. Look, inflation uh, in Canada... Well, it's the, it's rising everywhere, isn't it? Canada faster than expected, 1% month-on-month for February, 5.7% year-on-year. And, of course, we had those strong jobs numbers last week, uh, so there's going to be a lot of people wanting higher wages as well, so that can only add to that impression, uh, that, that pressure, I should say, so uh, even more pressure for the Bank of Canada. Indeed, and that's pretty much reflected in their interest rate curve as well, Phil. So as I look at it right now, the next meeting is... 13th of April and the market's got priced in 44 basis points. Wow. So mm. it's pretty close to, you can call that 50 basis points, I think. Um, and and there we've seen their core inflation, which started at a high, much higher level. And you've got the three core inflation measures up from anywhere from 2.6, which is above their target, up to as high as 4.3% now. So they have to move along with, uh, with with more rate rise so you can understand that pricing into their curve right now. They were sounding hawkish at the last meeting. so They've been sounding hawkish for a while, haven't they? We have. Australia's employment numbers are out uh, today. The expectation is that the unemployment rate will come down a little in February. We saw... Uh, 13,000 more people uh, in work in January. That was actually mm. skewed quite heavily to part-time employment. The actual full-time employment yes. was, was down a little bit. But I guess we can uh, account for some of that with, with COVID. But what's what's the expectation for today? We expect the unemployment rate to be 4%. Um, mm. So that would be based on um, my, my colleagues, Tapas and so forth, think that um, – get 50,000 more jobs. But, I mean, the story we know, Phil, is that the bounce back after Omicron has been very strong, hasn't it? Yeah. So, and we know also from press reports, multiple press reports, that employers are calling out for staff. Some are already recruiting more overseas now that the borders are open. Um, So it's a matter of how fast can labour supply uh, respond to that demand and what happens to wages in the meantime. And that's something that... um, the Reserve Bank's vitally interested in right now, of course. Yeah, it's all pegs in holes, isn't it? Getting people in the right jobs. It might be the jobs, but are they the, the well, right that people? as well. Uh, so the Bank of England uh, is the next cab off the rank. Later today, perhaps not quite as exciting as the Fed, uh, but talking about employment numbers, we saw those earlier in the week, uh, and uh, which I think were uh, the, the unemployment numbers, the employment numbers actually fell a little bit, didn't they? Interestingly. They did. But they average did. earnings. And, and earnings, yeah. 4.8% year <laughs> on year. Makes yeah. sense of that. So, <laughs> if, if if you were just on the back of that, you'd think that uh, twenty five points is odds on, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, but of course, we've got these speed bumps coming up. But um, I, I think that you know the, the the trying to read the tea leaves in the Bank of England has been a little bit problematic over the past, well, since late last year, hasn't it? Yeah. But um, 
you know, the, the, you, you, the speed bumps versus, you know, where they need that. What are they talking about? A, a further modest tightening, you know, words to that effect. So I think 25 basis points is probably likely, but we would, wouldn't think that rates would need to rise in the UK as quickly uh, and as to the high, a high, higher level as, say, the United States, which isn't facing the same uh, headwinds as uh, is, isn't the case on this side of the pond. Well, if you're so trying 25 to, points tomorrow. Yeah, well, if you're trying tonight. to moderate spending, uh, well, I mean, first of all, you know, the cost of living is going up anyway, isn't it? So much. Uh, Indeed. So uh, people are feeling the squeeze. And then, of course, uh, Rishi Sunak's putting, uh, uh, putting tax up as well fairly soon, and then everyone's going to be hit with a, a much higher gas bill as well. So yes, thank goodness yes. thank goodness it's spring almost, and people, people can <laughs> eat berries to survive in the UK. Uh, yes, well, I don't know that everyone's aware that they're getting these uh, horrendous uh, electricity bills or yeah. gas bills very soon, mm. which, will, uh, which, you know, must be... Uh, you know, a couple of weeks and they'll be in the post box, won't they? Yeah, scary stuff. Anyway, we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, uh, Dave. We'll catch you again very soon. Thanks. Good on you, Phil. Cheers. And that's it. Uh, back to London tomorrow. Gavin Friend joining me then. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you in the morning.